Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, July 29th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The St. Louis region is recovering after a second heavy downpour this week. Yesterday was not as bad as Tuesday's storm, but it still caused flash flooding, leading to high water in homes and businesses and stranding drivers throughout the region. It was so dark and the rain was just pelting and I was following a car and he got through, I didn't. Forecasters say we should get a break from heavy rain over the next few days. That's the sound of the downpour in University City yesterday afternoon. U-City Police Lieutenant Mike Davis says the water rushed through a neighborhood, picking up debris before depositing it near an intersection. The street was flooded on uh, Tuesday, and we believe a lot of residents had a lot of their belongings out in the front yards and things like that, and uh, it just kind of came from everywhere. The National Weather Service says some parts of the region received four inches of rain yesterday in just two and a half hours. Jesuit priest Paul Sheridan was driving home on Lindell Boulevard when all of a sudden his car was submerged. I'm sitting in the car now and I can't move it backwards or forwards. And I thought, well, once it reached the seat inside, I said, time to get out. And Sheridan did climb out and then swam to safety. This latest bout with Mother Nature arrived as Metrolink was still dealing with millions of dollars in damage from the storm earlier this week. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, the transit system is seeking federal aid to help recover. Tuesday's flooding led Metro Transit to shut down much of its system due to damage. The red line is only providing service between Shiloh Scott and Central West End stations. Passengers must take a shuttle to St. Louis Lambert International Airport. The blue line is operating between the Shrewsbury and Skinker stations. Toby Roach is president and CEO of Bi-State Development, which operates the system. He says he'll ask the Federal Transit Administration to help pay for repairs. In the end, the, the folks who are really affected are our riders. It's really about the public, and those are the folks we got to try to work that extra hour for and try to stretch and get this funding in place. Roach said it could take at least two weeks to resume normal metro functions. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. In other news, St. Louis will soon have new resources to address thousands of vacant and condemned properties. A new law deals with privately owned buildings, and $15 million in American Rescue Plan funding will go to removing structures owned by the city. State Representative Donna Beringer, who used to serve on the Board of Aldermen, says $15 million is not that much when it comes to redevelopment. If these areas have been sitting, you know, vacant for 20 years and that means you're going to have to redo everything, lighting, sewers, um, all your basics before you build, and then you have to remediate. A St. Louis firefighter died this year in an abandoned building that collapsed. St. Louis County Council Chairwoman Rita Days is defending how she handled contentious public forum sessions over the COVID-19 pandemic. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports. As council chairwoman, Days is responsible for presiding over meetings. Some were critical of Days for letting opponents to a COVID-19 mask mandate say misleading or false information about vaccines or the virus itself. Days says she condemned speakers who made anti-Semitic comments, 
but she also added that people have a First Amendment right to speak at governmental meetings. I think I handled it the best I could, given the circumstances that it were. Uh, everyone is allowed that, that three minutes of whatever they call fame. Days is running against Terry Wilson in the Democratic primary for the 1st County Council District. The election is on Tuesday. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. Days made those comments on Politically Speaking. The episode is up at stlpr.org. By his own admission, Sam Page enjoyed a relatively lengthy honeymoon after he was elevated to St. Louis County Executive in 2019. He easily won a four-way Democratic primary in August 2020 to finish out the rest of Steve Stanker's term. But his handling of the pandemic and some political missteps spurred a longtime council watcher and Stanker ally to run against Page. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman has more on Tuesday's Democratic primary for county executive. Jane Duker has spent more than 20 years in and around state and local politics, but always as a lobbyist or strategist. Frankly, I just I thought things were in the wrong direction. And I said, you know what, I am totally qualified for this and I need to step up. So on March 29th, the last day of filing, Duker became a candidate for the first time in her life. She's campaigning on a platform of government competence. Something I'm hearing from everyone now is, is frankly, they're a little embarrassed by county government right now. The county is facing numerous lawsuits alleging discrimination. Nine inmates have died at the county jail since 2019. Two of Page's aides recently departed under a cloud of scandal. And he and the council are frequently at odds. Page says he cannot be responsible for the bad decisions of others and notes he acted quickly as soon as he became aware of the scandals. And he says despite appearances, the county has been productive. I would encourage folks to Google uh, the St. Louis uh, County Annual Report. And there's a really extensive list of accomplishments that really haven't attracted much attention because there wasn't conflict around them. And the conflict is what draws attention. The most contentious of the battles was over Page's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. It began early on with his decision to take control of the spending of the first round of federal coronavirus relief funds. It continued on through debates over mask and vaccine mandates. Though opposition to his policies often came from within his own party, Page blames the council's 4-3 partisan divide for the nastiness. This became partisan from the presidency to state governments all over America. And it played out in a partisan way in St. Louis County. And you saw that partisan amplification. But Duker says Page often went too far. He used an axe when he could have used a scalpel. The second shutdown of the restaurants when no one, not even the city, was doing that. Um, And he came out and bragged that he had the most restrictive in the United States. It was he politicized the pandemic. Duker isn't an anti-vaxxer. She doesn't believe the nonsense spewed by anti-mask commenters at public meetings. Her opposition to the various public health orders was always about the process. You have to go to the council. You cannot pretend that they were not part of this. And it was this pattern of him refusing to follow the law. The two candidates also differ on how the county should spend its remaining $70 million from the American Rescue Plan Act. Page has already supported using some of the funds to plug budget holes, and he's not opposed to doing that again. I think we should hold some of them back in reserve and see what next year brings. He says some of the technology purchased with past rounds of federal relief will eventually lead to savings. 
Duker says those savings won't kick in soon enough to make a difference. What happens when the money runs out? There's no plan. There has to be a restructuring of government, and we're going to have to make some tough decisions. She'd rather spend the money on the county's infrastructure needs and projects where matching dollars might be available. Duker is also critical of what she sees as a lack of a plan to fight violent crime in the county. Page counters that he'll continue to follow the recommendations made in a report by the consulting group Teneo and a plan developed by the Missouri Chamber of Commerce. We have a very good county police department. We always have, but we know that we can make it better and we're going to do that. With a one-on-one race this time around, Page says he'll be relying on traditional Democratic primary voters to give him the margin of victory. Support for working families with uh, support for abortion rights, with a a track record of support for environmental and conservation issues, um, support for public safety, all these things that are important to Democratic primary voters, I think that's a big difference in this race. Dukert, meanwhile, has the backing of both the Fannie Lou Hamer Coalition and the St. Louis County Police Officers Association. She's hoping that unusual combination of endorsements will help her secure her place in the general election. Whoever wins will likely face Republican Shamed Dogan in November, Polls open Tuesday at 6 a.m. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Our friend Ehrlich edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great weekend. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.